Aloha Maui Nui. Hey, this is Josh Porter. And Jason Verkhart, how you doing? Welcome to the Solar Coaster, episode 89, uh, marching right on up to uh, the triple digits, Jay. Yeah, yeah, triple digits, man. We're 11 away from 100. What the heck? You keep talking about it. We still got 11 shows to do, dude. (laughs) Well, if they're we paid for, there, aren't they, Gary? Okay. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, it's exciting. Uh, so, yeah, 89 here. We're, we have, uh, we're really fortunate to have uh, a, a guest, uh, Mr. David uh, Riesenberg, did I say it correctly? You got it right. Uh, from Canadian Solar, a juggernaut in the PV manufacturing space globally. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. if you don't know who Canadian Solar is. <laughs> He's sitting here with a uh, he's sitting here with a hockey jersey on, drinking a beer, and uh, looks like a Canadian to me. But yeah, uh, let's do it, eh? <laughs> no. no, he's wearing his Aloha shirt, of course, in good uh, Maui style, and uh, looks like Jay had uh, communicated with David as well back at SPI. So you guys, uh, you've already kind of been a bit of a veteran on the coaster, uh, and you're here doing some business, and we kind of connected and. and Kudos to you for jumping on board the solar coaster without any hesitation. Thank you I for love having it. me. So we're really excited to hear all about Canadian Solar. You know, as an installer, I've been working with uh, their products for years, about 10 years maybe-ish, something like that. Yeah. And um, uh, we have a lot of respect for your company. And so we're really glad to be, have the opportunity to dig in and learn more about all the things you guys do and what, what's coming down the, the road for your products. Uh, a lot of cool stuff on your website. So uh, stay tuned, folks. Uh, the Canadian Solar Story too, soon to come. So shall we jump into our um, uh, housekeeping, Jay, and get through this? What yeah, you as always, we got so much to talk about. So let's do this right away. <laughs> okay, folks. <laughs> we are the Solar Coaster, a renewable energy theme talk show right here in lovely Maui County. We can be found Fridays at 105 p.m. on Kauai 1110 a.m. Also some FM stations, 96.7 FM Central Maui, 96.5 FM Westside, 98.7 FM Upcountry. Got a great website? www.solar-coaster.com. That's solar-coaster.com. You can listen live to the show if you're out of our broadcast area. Uh, We stream occasionally. Pardon me. We have uh, a lot of photos from all our adventures all over the uh, all over the world at this point. Um, You can also sign up for our mailing list and submit questions down the bottom of that main page. Plus, all our previous shows are available there and they're under the podcast tab. So if we've I mean, at this point, we've talked about pretty much everything that's out there and of course it always keeps changing but if you have an interest in a particular technology go to the podcast tab and check out our past show about that particular area Uh, we're also carried on podcast networks itunes stitcher and TuneIn. all carry the solar coaster just type in solar coaster and look for a little uh, yellow sc logo Absolutely. And we are sponsored by a great stable of companies that have kept Solar Coaster on air for 89 glorious episodes. Maui Solar Project, Tabuchi Electric America, Sonin, Pika Energy, Sundrum Solar, and Pantech Design. Uh, and uh, we really appreciate you guys so much. Thank you thank you for all the support. Okay, And folks, this is a call-in show. 808-242-7800. If you'd like to call in and stump us or ask some questions to David, uh, you are welcome to do so. Um, so let's go into our Pantech Design Minute, and we'll come back shortly. Welcome to this week's Pantech Design Minute. This week's focus, smart home lighting controls. Did you know that each and every home has on average 40 to 100 light fixtures? Added up, that can be a huge amount of energy. That's why your father always yelled at you to turn off the lights when you were a child. Children will always leave the lights on, even in the middle of the day. So what's the solution? Fortunately, in our automated energy future, we now have other options. Smart home systems know your schedule and the sunrise sundown time specific to the time of year. Occupancy sensors detect whether you are in a room or not and can take action accordingly without ever sending your personal data out over the internet. Programmable scenes configure your lighting for a bright night hosting friends for dinner or a subdued and quiet night at home with a movie. You can even have the systems play back your normal behavior while you're on vacation so it looks like someone's home. This already sounds like science fiction, but with the Pantech Design's ADAPT system, you can take it even one step further because ADAPT integrates your smart home systems with your solar and battery energy supply. Did you know that because your eyes adjust to varying lighting conditions, if you do it slowly enough, you can reduce ambient lighting in a room by more than 30% before anyone will ever notice the difference? And did you also know that because of the way they function, LED lighting takes a lot more power to get just a little brighter when fully on? Putting these two facts together, ADAPT can reduce the energy used by your lighting by more than half when necessary, extending your home's battery runtime or saving on your electric bill. Smart home energy management has matured. Check out Pantech Design's ADAPT system at pantechdesign.com today. 
Oh man, I can't get enough of that stuff, Jay. <laughs> that technology really, is so really, fun. really, really is cool. I mean, it is, it's each an individual. Each individual system is cool enough, but when you integrate them all together, is when it, where it really turns into something magical. Absolutely, and learning so much doing it. So really fun to work with this organization, Pantech Design. Look forward to next week's uh, Pantech Design Minute as well, and also having them on the show in a few weeks. Right? We we have scheduled, I think, a few weeks out. Right? So we'll get to spend yep. more time with uh, the representatives, Megan, hopefully Troy, and everyone. So okay, it's time to go to our news and events, Jay. All right. I'm going to let you pick the first one because you swapped a bunch of stuff out of me last minute. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we do – let me do the one that I swapped out last minute, okay? Because this is, I okay, think, really okay. exciting. It's on Electrek, E-L-E, you know, Electrek.co, that, that uh, periodical. And this is about just China, and it's about the uh, car maker Neo. So they've deployed 18 battery swap stations covering 2,000 plus kilometers of expressway. I mean, this sounds like something that would be in our future focus section, but it li- it's literally happening today, right? So we're talking yeah. about, you know, and, and this battery swap, you know, when you look at the conversation of electric vehicles, and we, of course, talk to Boris, and we follow Roger Atkins, and all these really amazing people in this space that are almost kind of futurists, right, predicting how this is all mm-hmm. going to take shape, you know, there's this conversation of the car being the center, the new center of everything, connected with everything to that level, right? Um, but one of the major conversations about EVs is that uh, if you, in order to get away from that range anxiety, you need to have a really big battery bank uh, to be able to get from point A to point B. And some of the EVs are going that direction, right? And then, if, uh, so like for example, the Rivian, we had them on a few shows ago, that amazing, yep. awesome, super cool uh, electric vehicle truck. They were on like the moment they launched at LA Auto Show, David, so we were like, got super lucky, right? Yeah. And uh, But they have a hundred and was it 175 kilowatt hour battery bank skateboard right on the bottom and so that's a lot of weight right Right. so there's this notion of um putting in big battery banks to accommodate range there's this notion of uh could we inductively charge dynamically one day Mm -hmm. and there's this notion of battery swapping these are some of the core you know big kind of kind of principles right uh and so they go with a smaller battery like like one of the 100 range mile range leaf if you could charge if you could change the battery often and and the the idea is that you would change the battery just just unbolt it from the bottom of the car and bolt on a new one and that battery could be could be charged in a much more manageable fashion while it's sitting there at the station yeah, as opposed to you absolutely. having to sit there and wait for it. Absolutely. And this is not a new idea. Tesla was uh, pioneering this stuff years back. But in terms of, and they were talking about yeah. in, in your neck of the woods, David, getting from San Francisco, I remember down to LA and then, um, and you know, of course, Musk was talking about, hey, if there's demand, we'll do this and it'll allow us to swap out batteries. But I don't think it ever took shape, right? They went to the supercharger uh, network instead. Right. And, uh, right. and But now in China, they're doing this battery swap uh, kind of strategy and they they just went whole hog. They went from Beijing to, is it Shanghai in there? I think it's what it said. Beijing to Shanghai. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, G4 Expressway linking a bunch of cities that I can't pronounce, but I've been to most of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's basically the story. I mean, really interesting. I, I really, I just was not on my radar. That's why I put it in last minute, Jay. So, No, abs- absolutely not. But it makes a lot of sense. If, if it can be done feasibly the, the nice thing about battery swap is that it is fast it's like you stopping off at the gas station uh the, it's almost like an automated car wash you know you drive through the little thing the, the machine unbolts the battery and then it goes into the pool you're always getting fresh batteries the batteries are tested while they're there they're also charged at a slower rate uh some one of the ah, interesting things about the lithium technology is that if you try to charge it too fast it gets hot and that heat is actually what damages the batteries and and makes them swell if you've seen that oh right yeah your it's, laptop. it's 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 yeah it's, it's a bad it's a bad thing my laptop yes <laughs> my laptop i almost couldn't get on an airplane because it was bulging out the, the sides um but it, it's you, you can charge the in a in a slower fashion more manageable fashion lengthening the lifetime of those cells and then and but you get the benefits of having a super fast like a gas station stop yeah and they, they have a quote here from the neo co-founder and president uh, I'm going to go for it, Li Hong Kin, uh, to pronounce that. And then, with the support of our partners, we've dedicated ourselves to deploying our battery swap network in order to offer users a worry-free driving experience on China's highways. The deployment of our battery swap network on the G4 Expressway is the beginning of providing a charging experience beyond refueling. Uh, they are yep. talking about, and they've, they're even talking about the business model a little bit here. They want to deploy 1,100 battery swap, swapping stations uh, by 2020. Uh, 2020 is, uh, yeah, it's 2019. 
right? coming up. <laughs> yeah, it's right around right around the corner. Not too that's, ambitious. That's an awful lot. Uh, yeah, a few. And, and they want to offer twelve free battery swaps to everybody in the network per year, so you get that. a battery swap uh, per month you, you <laughs> for know this, free. You know, this reminds me of Jay. Remember when Hank Rogers was in here, and he goes, "You know, in China, when they decide to do something, if they say." Uh, yeah, get rid of the flies. Everybody kills ten flies, and all the flies are gone. <laughs> That's how yeah, they operate. Yeah, yeah. That a, that's a, a typical Hank Rogers kind of uh, ism. So um, this is similar. They're going to do this, and it's going to happen fast. And eleven hundred battery swapping stations by twenty twenty is pretty rad. So uh, nice if, if they if they can model it, if they can do it, then yeah, I mean it's going to propagate pretty fast. All right, let's do uh, let's drop one of the uh, news stories from Africa, Jay. Which one do you want to go for? That thirty three percent. Um, true. Yeah, go for it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, there's a there's know, a there's 33 percent efficiency in that solar panel that oh you know, okay soul sun yeah, okay so that no that's that's this is this was a really interesting thing. This, the the article is actually in Forbes, um, but they're talking to Lou Kraft, who's a CEO. He's CEO of Soul Sun Tech. Um, I guess they couldn't decide whether they were Soul or Sun. <laughs> Every, every, everybody in solar has it starts with their soul <laughs> or make sun sure the something. americans and the europeans uh, understand it <laughs> this has got to be both but they've got this really cool panel and I'm, I'm looking at it i'm trying to figure out what they're actually doing they've got a unique cutting method for the silicon and it's actually 3d now now obviously trying to cut weird notches and shapes into the silicon is going to cause the the, the dreaded micro cracking kind of thing which is, which is what happens to solar panels over time as they they thermally expand and contract and that that's what reduces your efficiencies later in life um, but they're talking about having to be able to cut these things without cracking the silicon and they've been able to to do it so they're regular cell is actually about like 50% more efficient than the flat cell. And we can ask um, yeah, our so Canadian David solar, is, solar visitor yeah, yeah. here. So we kind of tracked this in there going, oh. If you're aware of the, this. <laughs> the first thing Jay goes is, uh, is this guy real or is this some kind of nonsense, right? And then um, yeah. and then I go, well, it's Forbes. So it's, you know, it's a, probably a vetted article. And um, so, but we, it's not really clear how they're achieving 33% efficiencies. It kind of gives you an opportunity to tell us, know what's going on in the, in the right. you know, in the cutting edge yeah, you of see a lot PV. of these things hit the news and they're very interesting 33 percent is super impressive right but the, really the question is that at what cost right at what cost uh is this are you right, right, right. can you achieve this this efficiency right and that's really right and, 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 and yeah and then and the shockley Coisier limit for for um there's like the perfect world laboratory efficiency is 33.7 so they're they're by by they're kind of sidestepping that that silicon um maximum efficiency by by generating these 3d structures when they but, say 3D yeah structures, at, I, at, I don't at what see cost the, do you need do you do you need a do you need a particle accelerator made to make it work <laughs> is it like rates and solar <laughs> we had these guys rates and solar on a while back and they used a proton accelerator to to cut uh like uh silicon like atom thickness Gal gallium arsenide, gallium arsenide and huh. uh, it was a real fun conversation yeah. you know it's it's like it's like it's like what kickstarter funded level right so right. he's got like uh what was the funding he had i don't know maybe like uh Ten million well, at the bucks end of the day, they needed like half half a million dollars or yeah, something yeah. To just to buy just to buy the unit and then to get everything up and running. Yeah, was, super was cool more. stuff. Similar kind of efficiency <laughs> ranges. I mean, what are you seeing in market in terms of what's your thoughts on on efficiencies in general? I mean, do you see us from a commercial, you know, totally viable at at you know, deployable costs for residences? CNI. What was the term you said? DGCCNI. Oh, well, <laughs> DG, and then yeah, we have the CNI, commercial right, industrial right. space, which are more or less synonymous. Do you think in the next few years we're going to see major jumps in efficiencies? I guess. That's the kind of point. I think we'll c continue to see slow and steady growth. I mean, every year products are coming out more and more efficient, and I don't think we'll. Well, hopefully, we'll see something with leaps and bounds becoming more efficient. But ultimately, can you? Is, does it make sense to produce a product at 33% efficient if it's you know if it's three dollars a watt? Right. Pro probably not. No one's right. going to buy it. Not, not, not. That's not to say it's not very very interesting. And if you can figure out how to do it at, at the right price point, then. Absolutely. absolutely go for it that's the game that's the game right so yeah very cool yeah. Well, and, I, nice and, I, and i guess and i guess that's that's the issue here is that, that they they don't go into detail about their 3d technology of course uh but it sounds really cool it's the only detail <laughs> i hear no the only detail here but is 3d <laughs> and that's the, it. The, the, yeah the article itself however is, is that well we're going to sell it in africa and well, I thought yeah. that was really, really interesting. Is why why would why would they target Africa specifically? Um, and they go into detail, saying that the billionaires across the world are do, bequeathing ninety plus percent of their fortunes into um, developing areas. Uh, they can create microgrids, which are require oh. the, 
this this high energy density and uh, the government is putting a huge uh, amount of investment into uh, energy as a basic necessity so there's a tremendous amount of money there is what what he's trying to say and they, they want to be a part of that they're shouldering so, up with the billionaires okay yeah <laughs> good 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 <laughs> sounds good um, what is the next one Jay do you want to stay in um, uh, what's going on there's a it, well then it, well then right there there was yeah. a, a tender for a 15 megawatt um, install uh, project in Nigeria this is PV that, magazine uh, right just just come up so 15 meg uh, five uh, coupled with a five meg energy storage system uh, for the University of Benin um, now that's back to that three to one. We've been talking about this and you're going to hear this factor come up more and more in all of our conversations. Uh, we at our and local, <laughs> I want to say Hawaii, um, energy storage, uh, energy and storage systems coming up. They're all four to one, uh, which was a step up from the three to one that seemed to be kind of market average. Um, and now we're hearing conversations of more and more, uh, the ratio going up, but this is a three to one. Uh, we'll see if the project actually goes through and who wins it. Yeah, but they I mean, want to have twenty percent of their they want to have twenty percent of their energy coming from uh, solar by twenty thirty. But yeah, that's a big deal. I mean, gas, so we're seeing we're seeing these kinds of um, you know uh, mandates and, and 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 changes to legislation and overall kind of goals being set across not just the United States and state by state and country by country, or but even it's the just developing developing world. This and, is the this yeah, is the, and, this is that leapfrog effect we kind of talked about. This before. is really they don't cool. have to roll out. 80, traditional yeah and 86 percent like you just said 86 percent of the nation's current generation capacity is gas fired right uh power plants yep, yep so there's a lot of opportunity to make a big impact in you know from carbon perspective there too right so we're just seeing that pop yeah, up yeah, around the world but i mean 70 70 percent of the population around the sahara and stuff that don't have power yet yeah yeah unreal. at all <laughs> unreal unreal okay let's jump over to do a little sweep around europe real fast okay so we got uh Turkey's not um, Turkey. Tesla's meeting. Tesla's meeting with um, folks in Greece about uh, the islands there. Uh, they've already got obviously um, projects out here, uh, Samoa, Puerto Rico, and they've been touting that to the um, Greek uh, Minister of Environment and Energy. So they've just released a the the Greeks released a press release saying that it's extremely interesting. Uh, what's emerging from this meeting is that not only can these things technically be done but they're actually economically viable so this is this is now government officials becoming aware that it is like i said that that first threshold um where where renewables building a new renewable plant is actually cheaper than building a a, tradi a new traditional coal-fired yeah. plant well, for it's example the, it's the island microgrids that are going to be they're going to get to see it first right because those are the expensive environments yep. and then you know what occurs yep. to me and, and i wonder what you think david but it's it, these environments here they start to put in tesla starts to put in the generation capacity and at one point do they start to take over the transmission too be, i mean they just become the utility are they going to become this kind of global utility I, it's, that really hadn't occurred to me but until we we're just having this conversation yeah i mean it, it, it's going to be different in, in each different region right where there's already existing infrastructure that may be more difficult for them? Do they want to get into the, the transmission business? Or the utility, does that become more of just the transmission and brokering of kind of energy and then there's other types of providers and generators, you know, and then they just kind of negotiate that. I mean, it's, right. that could be the model too, and that's right? what That's like exactly what we're seeing here in the States, right? The utilities yeah. are just basically moving to just a transmission business because they, they're not the only provider of electricity. And billing. Moment. Been billing. billing, client control, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, client control. So, well, yeah. If you own, if you if you own the clients, it's it's a business. Um, the, yeah, I don't, I don't see Tesla doing that. It seems like every they, everywhere they're going and proposing things, uh, there there's already an existing uh, utility that they're negotiating with, and they're just looking for the PPAs. Right. Well, I mean, it just impacts. Like. It impact, well, we're going to talk about a utility once we get to national. You want to go through more Europe or you want to jump over to what's going on with the uh, bankruptcy? Because that uh, means... just just we're talking about PPA is just another giant solar PPA signed in Italy. Uh, the Danish developer uh, European Energy has secured a 12 year PPA for 300 megawatts of solar capacity. Uh, this is the, the, the term was really interesting. Why? Why 12 years? It seems it seems just a little short for a normal <laughs> in my I mean, maybe there are anyway. different types of incentives oh. out there that structure those terms or something. Who knows? They could be a lot certainly, of certainly, certainly possible. But they've got a gigawatt of um, plants Store. throughout Italy right now. <laughs> hmm. 
Okay, well, let's go over to, so we like to get a sense of what's going on in the world, David. It's kind of like, um, you know, we just see more and more kind of percolating and happening. And sometimes they surprise you, right? Like, for example, Brazil was had almost nothing a couple of years ago. And I know that the last couple of years just kind of just shot up, right? right. Uh, and you guys have That's had a explosion. hand in that, too. So Absolutely. hopefully we get a chance to chat about that a little bit. So it's interesting to see how the world's kind of taking this on, too. Um, let's jump over to National and see what's going on in on our side of the pond here. Um, talk. talk right away about the Green New Deal. Okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this, this is this is absolutely huge. Um, New York's governor uh, Cuomo has been proposing this um, three was it three gigawatt distributed solar by 2023. Now that's right around the corner and then ramping to six gigawatt by 2025, really doubling their large scale solar projects. Um, the interesting thing is the language in here. They go from standard from from renewable. They call it what called the renewable energy and then what's defined as clean energy. Hmm. So very, very different thing. Um, and, and what they define the clean energy is car by carbon neutral. So that's that's a, a second stage in the process. This echoes what Doug and his people at the Hawaii Energy Conference uh, brought to the forefront last year. You know, um, this con mm -hmm. con this conversation about how you know renewables isn't just it's not just about renewable energy. It's about uh, how are we impacting you know the uh, carbon. I mean, that's really a huge part of this whole conversation. That's why we're doing it in some respects, right? Yeah. So um, yeah, they, there's a in this article here they they do reference um, this. Uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She's kind of the toast of the town right now in D.C. Everyone's talking about her and all of her kind of, uh, you know, very young, aggressive politics. She's discussing this idea of the Green New Deal. And, you know, they're, they're, she's, she's I, you know, she's been discussing, talking about it in relationship to other major kind of movements across, you know, American history, like the uh, Apollo, uh, like the moonshot and the, um, you know, the civil rights movement and uh, these kinds of things. And the language is pretty inspiring, I think. Uh, you know, listening to her talk, she's she's she captures your, your imagination. She goes, oh, wait a second. It's like a breath of fresh air. Sorry for the cliches here. But mm -hmm. you go, whoa, hey, it's possible again. And this person, maybe they can she can catalyze some movement, get everybody excited. And 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 and, uh, and she said one thing that kind of hit home with me. She said, this is going to be, you know, that the, the thing that brings our generation together, this period of time in our country together, is uh, fighting climate change and putting together new uh, programs to be able to tackle climate change. New jobs will emerge. New, you know, standard of living could increase. All this different great stuff could happen. So she's pretty inspiring. Um, but this, yeah, and yeah. It was it was interesting for me. I actually dug in a little bit because I didn't know what it was, and I found an article um, on PV Magazine. The Green knew what. The Green knew <laughs> what. Exactly the, the name of the name of the article. So the, a poll by the Yale Program on Climate Change Communication uh, found. There was strong bipartisan support for this Green New Deal, 81% yeah. of voters. But it also found that 82% didn't even know what it was. <laughs> Whoa. So, yeah, and they have all so the – A lot um... of people are it's really, really, not, really not aware. Um, it's, it's interesting just to note that um, before – she's Democratic. Uh, if, if you don't know that it's coming from the Democratic side of the aisle, a lot more people support it as opposed to uh, – so there's, there's some partisan – Issues there. Tulsi, Tulsi's uh, in there. I, I, pardon? Tulsi Gabbard. She's in there. All, oh, yeah. A lot of yeah, our absolutely. people are there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this, this ignorance is bliss kind of thing. 82% knew nothing, 14% knew a little, and only 3% actually knew about about it there's, about a, people there's that were a good, good website to check out folks called the sunrise movement.org and uh, mm -hmm. on that you can kind of get a good sense for who's behind this and what it's all about but uh i'm pretty stoked to see this kind of language emerge i think we need this right about now what's, yeah, what's encouraging it seems, it seems this oh go ahead what's encouraging to me is the the, the people supporting this effort are, are, are much younger than than my, me and a lot of my colleagues we're seeing a lot of interest in, in the younger generations really yeah. get, getting behind this and that's just I mean I can only do this for so long but to see that sure. you know people are understanding what we're trying to do here yeah and, no and the, the, the next generation is, is very strong strongly supporting it well there are some uh, kids right now that are as kind of a funny uh, uh, statement I saw these kids are protest they're they're walking out of schools right yeah and but the statement I thought was great because I have a 14 year old daughter so I totally get it then they were like well if there's not gonna if the, they said if the planet's gonna die what's the point of going to school <laughs> that's what these kids were saying I mean it was pretty pretty grim statement but I started laughing I was like that's exactly the kind of sardonic kind of little comment you get of a 14 or a 15 year old uh, and they're like yeah we're just yep. gonna go hang out and get out of school until you guys fix it you know yeah. so but it's good to see the enthusiasm and them taking part just like you said you know so excellent 
What's next, Jay? Yeah, that, that's that's been a recurring theme as well. We had, um, uh, from the renewable energy conference as well. We need more less less gray hairs. Less gray hairs, exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Less gray hairs in the industry. <laughs> uh, Let's pick a couple of these uh, national ones and roll. Get over to Maui as soon as we can. What, what do you what do you want to do? All right. Uh, do, 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 do Bloomberg. So Bloomberg's got a. Um, NEF solar investment declines 24% in 2018. So they have a final report on, on new energy finance. Mm. Um, however, capacity reached record levels. Uh, part of this is, is I, I think, still related to the tariff. You know, we had a huge drop in China, um, which also they ended their uh, subsidies for for solar installation. So that that affected world install significantly. Right. Uh, and, and then, of course, our our drop. Um, but there's still a tremendous amount of growth, more installs, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, and research firmly now expects 2019 to be the year that capacity has pushed past 100 gigawatts. So we're going to see huge growth next year in actual installed capacity. Yay. Yay, 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 yay. There's a really cool graph in there, too. And it just kind of breaks down in little bars the different types of renewable energy that's being deployed and the overall value globally for each year. So you just see yeah, a little dip yeah. from 17 to 18. That's what they're referencing. Uh, but it's it's just amazing to try to, to get a sense I, for what's going on out there in the full scope of the world, right? Yeah, I do want to see 2019 being being the year that things really start to, to ramp up as, as we, we get accustomed to our new kind of world order here. Yeah, and there, there's um, one more graph at the bottom there like that that shows the countries on the left-hand side and megawatts DC uh, on the x-axis, and China's just kicking butt, or at least they were, right? 18 to 23. Well, they, they were. Like, said, like, Doubling so many projects U.S. Were deployments? There, more than so double? Five, five yeah, X. Unfortunately, five X. Yeah, putting about fifty gigawatts. Jeez, 2017. unreal! Look at that! Look at that! Wow! Yeehaw! That's half the world demand right there. Oh yeah. man! Okay, okay. World's Jay. largest roofing company is getting into solar. Do you know these guys? Standard Industries. Um, yes, yeah, first time we heard about them. Has launched a startup. Um, they've got some really, really nice. I, I, I believe this is CG artistic rendering. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> rendering. Um, but it's actually a integrated solar roof so instead of punching really putting up a roof and then punching holes in it they actually have an integrated system that incorporates what look like traditional panels but they're all flush with the roof so it's all one one piece which is a really interesting kind of concept for me i like that i don't like punching holes in you know things. what's neat here is that it's the it's the was it world's largest or country's largest uh, uh roofing company but there's it, they are the largest roofer in the world standard okay industries so uh says uh, according to standard industries around five million homes are re-roofed every year but only three hundred thousand of those homeowners opt to install solar panels so uh they see an opportunity here gaf gaf energy can now give those customers a simple option roof or solar roof uh said martin de bono president of gaf but i mean it's an i guess it's no-brainer, right? And Tesla certainly, uh, you know, kind of charted the course. That's kind of what Musk's whole thing is: just chart the course for a bunch of industries, right. you know, it's and then other companies start to kind of pointing. Yeah, yeah. and, and well, then we they, saw certainty get into this space, into the solar space, years ago, and now it's not it's not surprising to see yeah. GAF coming in behind them and coming out with a product as well. Right, right. And then something that seems a little less technically advanced than the solar roof. But it's effectively the same kind of thing. They're just taking these. It looks like the, from the the CGI images, if you can see them, it looks like they're just taking basically existing solar panels and then kind of not re-roofing under it. So it's a little yeah, bit lower. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's the <laughs> racking. Know? It's the racking like that's going to be the interesting piece of this. How does this integrate with your existing roof? Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. No, it's pretty. It's pretty good. Good, good. So, um, okay. Uh, what's next, Jay? You want to jump over to? Well, we, should we cover the um, one? One. On? One last thing. I really want to talk about this. So, Next Tracker um, has a new tracking system for bifacials and they're rolling it out Ooh. in a 750 megawatt um, installation. This guy knows a few things uh, about bifacials, Jay. So, uh, yeah, this oh, was yeah? interesting, Yeah, uh, David, because they're talking here about this by this next tracker system that, that not only uh, you know optimizes your front side irradiance, but also your, your back side irradiance, right? right? So what does that mean? What's happening? Like, I'm trying to, I'm, I, the first time I had heard of that. And I'm sitting here going, hmm. Does that mean it's kind of like well, a tracker? Well, a, tra a tracker is a, is a frame that the panel sits on. So the more the more frame you have in the back, the more shade there is on that backside, and right. you get less 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 light. Right. <laughs> so they're kind of they're 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 working to eliminate the shading on the backside, probably. Exactly. Right. Exactly. With the structure. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. That's pretty wild. What are they doing? 
Here, here it is. The trackers are designed to enhance rear sight irradiance and are compatible with such modules featuring half-cut cells and center bus bar architectures. Is that the kind we get the two? Like exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Common bus bars on the center there, and then the torque tube there essentially would be shading the bus bar and not the, the, the back sides of the cells. Okay, okay. And the design also includes Makes an sense. increased distance between the PV panel and the round torque tubes, which is what you were just talking about. So yeah. the back shadowing is minimal, yeah. Yeah. Really cool. You know what I saw, and this is completely unrelated, but I thought it was really neat. There's a bifacial um, post um, from a Chinese manufacturer that showed that bifacial panels actually collect less snow. That's bifacial true. Bifacial panels collect less snow. Is it true? Why? It's true because, <laughs> because, they get, because even if they get, there's, there's they get, snow on the front, there's still some current now being generated from the backside, uh, which then warms up the module and the snow stuff sloughs off faster. Gosh, and the snow there's melts. there's nice. so many little pieces to this puzzle. additional in, in production bifacial from that. Are, bifacial panels are awesome. Yeah, you should bifacial. just have them. <laughs> not that we have, not, we have to worry, worry much about snow, but I, we were talking about these, um, putting them in the mountains, uh, uh, like the Alps, last, last show, and I'm thinking, well, who's going to clean that off? Well, this is, this is a solution. I think we've got a year worth of shows. Just call it bifaciality. Okay, so I think, um, I, I think so. All right, back to Maui. Here back to Maui. Oh, our our favorite Maui conversation is beer, of course, and Maui Brewing Company. Yep. Uh, major congratulations and omadetos. That's Japanese for congratulations to uh, Garrett Marrero and to Russell Atkins and all the rest of his staff for their staff for uh, just creating. Was it 100% renewable energy? powered beer is that what's going as, on Jay? as I, I believe so as that's what i was getting from russell is that on january 1st they were going to be able to flip the switch they'd gotten approval and they got their thermal recapture system running so they're now at a hundred percent renewable beer oh geez solar beer what could be better on the planet <laughs> if it, well, if if all if things were so simple to go have a beer there you go <laughs> we came in here before we even had a chance to talk about the news and events david's like hey i've been to the brewery i was there the <laughs> other day it's great and uh so yeah that's wonderful Excellent. so really but congratulations in all seriousness i mean it's a, it's a heck of a thing to run a business successfully in hawaii and then they're growing so you know so well and then they've they've done it in a way where they've really embraced sustainability and that and, and they've kind of i think showed uh what's possible for other businesses to say, hey, it's not you're not actually going to incur cost if you if you run a sustainable business. You're actually going to see success, and you're going to be able to uh, capitalize on that. People love this. Yeah, we it's, had we had we had a show that was literally the CFO's perspective. If you're interested in that, if you're running a business here and you want to know what what renewables can do for you, uh, go check out that show, Solar-Coaster.com. Absolutely, great job, guys. And then uh, just a quick one. It looks like uh, rooftop installs are up in Maui County. Was it five percent, Jay? Up, up five percent. Now we, we now. go um, from from twenty eight in twenty eighteen from twenty seventeen. So we're even though even though we're not hugely growing, we're still growing at a significant rate. So this is all of Hawaii, right? And they're saying nearly uh, correct four thousand new systems came online in two thousand eighteen, right? I bet you a yep. handful of those most, were mostly, dri solar. mostly driven by <laughs> right? all those new new programs, right? I mean that's right. that's really where it all comes from. If we didn't have the programs, we wouldn't be able to install solar. So. Right, and they have a, uh, the actual count uh, pegged at 74,331. There you go. We got a new number mm -hmm. whenever we say it. Okay. Yeah. All righty. That was our wonderful news and events. We got a, a sense of what's going on in the world uh, out there. Uh, why don't we jump over our commercial break? When we come back, we'll be able to talk all about this great company, Canadian Solar, and learn uh, the, the backstory to the, to, to, with, by David uh, Riesenberg. Aloha, and welcome to Maui Solar Project. It is easy to feel rejuvenated just stepping outside on a magnificent Hawaiian day. Maui Solar Project is here to help harness that energy you feel in your body and use it to power your homes and businesses. As Laura tells us, Maui harnessed the sun so as to slow its path across the sky. Join Maui Solar Project as we harness the sun's energy and slow Hawaii's dependence on fossil fuels. Call Maui Solar Project at 269-2352. MauiSolarProject.org Pantech Design is ushering the world into a new age of home energy automation through the convergence of smart home technologies and renewable energy management. Unifying solar energy production, intelligent energy storage, and smart breaker technologies with smart home devices, Pantech Design's complete home energy automation suite incorporates unprecedented control of lighting, shades, climate, security, hot water, electric vehicle charging, and many other systems. Contact Pantech today at PantechDesign.com. Tsubuchi Electric, a leading worldwide inverter manufacturer, presents the second generation of the eco-intelligent battery system, the IBIS. 
Tsubuchi's grid-friendly system includes a high-efficiency inverter, stackable batteries, and integration with Jelly software for the most adaptable battery storage system on the market. The system is optimized for energy management and cost performance. Maximize your solar investment with Tsubuchi's electric eco-intelligent battery system. The Sonin Batter Eco is an energy storage solution that utilizes intelligent energy management software. The system is available in a variety of storage capacities and allows for expansion. Sonin Battery Eco allows you to save money by harvesting energy from your solar PV system and using that stored energy when rates are more expensive. Sonin Battery Eco is specifically designed to provide you and your family peace of mind in the event of power outage. Our unique power detection system will sense outages in real time and automatically switch over to battery power. See Sonin Battery Eco at sonin-battery.com. MIT-founded Pika Energy, makers of the Pika Energy Island, a smart energy management system that uses solar panels, lithium batteries, and intelligence to manage your energy and keep you powered even during outages. With a clean, intelligent alternative to grid power, you're in control of your energy future. Pika's Energy Island lets you manage electrical costs with HECO-ready self-supply functions. Pika's largest battery, the Harbor Plus, offers 16 kilowatt hours of stored energy and can power loads of up to 10 kilowatts. And if you need more capacity, just add a second or even third Harbor Smart battery to the same system for a maximum of 48 kilowatt hours of usable storage. Pika Energy, own your power. To learn more, visit pika-energy.com. Sundrum Solar is the manufacturer of a revolutionary thermal collector that fits on the underside of your standard PV panel to maximize energy capture per square foot. The Sundrum Solar Hybrid PVT system combined photovoltaic and thermal holds the world record for peak efficiency, capturing an astounding 86% usable energy. Learn how Sundrum Solar vastly improves electric, heating, and cooling economics at sundrumsolar.com. Okay, folks, that is our wonderful group of sponsors. Uh, thank you so much for supporting the Solar Coaster through all these episodes. And, uh, keeping us on the tracks. Keeping us on the tracks. Yeah, absolutely. So um, that reminds me of a Grateful Dead song. Um, so, okay, we are here. <laughs> and, folks, this is a call-in show, 888-2427-800, if you'd like to call in and ask any questions about uh, the solar industry. We're here with David Riesenberg from uh, Canadian Solar. Uh, welcome, David. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. Uh, thanks so much for coming in. Uh, you know, David gave me a call and he said, hey, Josh, want to meet up and talk about solar and what's going on? And uh, I was like, hey, we got a radio show. You want to come on the radio? And he didn't, he didn't skip a beat. He <laughs> a went right for it. Talk. Yeah, it's a good place to talk. Yeah. Let's talk on air. Like, I got 28,000 <laughs> friends that want to hear our conversation. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, uh, you know, but Canadian All Seriousness, Canadian Solar we're, uh, is a company that we've worked with for years on uh, the installation side of this conversation. Um, and you are presently one of the largest uh, PV manufacturers in the world, as I understand it. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about the company, the basic kind of background, yourself, and just kind of get us up to speed? Yeah, absolutely. So Canadian Solar um, was founded in 2001, Guelph, Ontario. Um, our CEO and founder, Sean Q, was an engineer at the time, working at an engineering firm. Um, had an idea that he wanted to start a solar company and went to his boss to, uh, to let him know that he was resigning. And his boss said, oh, okay, well, what are you going to do? He said, start a solar company. He said, nice. He said, okay, great. What's the name of the company? And he hadn't picked a name yet. And it was a solar <laughs> company. And he's in Canada. It's Canadian Solar. That's, that's, how the, that's how the name was born. And so the company launched. Uh, first customer was Volkswagen. Um, they were having a problem at the time where they had these huge car lots where they'd import their vehicles before they you know, went to dealerships. And they would go out and to start the cars. And the, the batteries would be that because they'd been sitting there for a few months without having been turned on. And so mm. the product was a, a little trickle charger a little three-watt solar panel that you pop on the dashboard and then plug into the cigarette lighter. Um, and by using that, they could keep the batteries right. fully charged so that they never had that, that uh, dead battery issue. Uh, and from that, obviously, the company's uh, grown just a bit. And uh, we're in, uh, Whoa. Uh, yeah, doing all sorts of things, kind of operating uh, in many different segments of the market. Um, four years after we were founded, we went public in 2005, I believe currently traded on the NASDAQ Stock Exchange. Um, and uh, I believe as of last year, we're hovering kind of over the last, for the last few years, we've been kind of hovering in the number three spot as far as um, uh, volume. Um, volume, yeah, like delivered. production, delivered. Yeah, so, so you could, yeah, say we're the third largest solar module manufacturer in the world. It's amazing. What yeah. a story to start from a fellow saying, I'm going to make trickle chargers for Volkswagen in 2001. What were you doing in 2001, Jay? Why didn't we do that? <laughs> we could have been the third largest uh, solar manufacturer in the world. Right. So, and that, that's wonderful. What a cool story. And then, so 
when we say a third largest, what does that mean in terms of production? So as far as sold capacity, so how many gigawatts we, we sold and, 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 and uh, delivered within the fiscal year. And do you sell mm-hmm. globally, like to all, all regions around the world, or is it focused on certain areas? Yeah, or? so some fun facts about Canadian Solar. We're uh, a little over 12,000 employees. Um, we've shipped um, 12, about 27 gigawatts of product uh, to date. This is 27. Uh, no, 2017 data, mm-hmm. so it's a little bit off. Uh, we s- just we sold about uh, seven gigawatts in 2017, um, and then we have a project development side of our business um, where we're developing and holding or, or selling these assets, and we've got about nine gigawatts in that pipeline currently of deployed systems. Cor- yeah, like uh, yeah, of yeah, solar of, farms, of solar farms, and stuff like yeah, that across across the nine world. gigawatts, right? Yeah, just okay. just in the pipeline. So I think uh, in 2017 we we're the ranked the number two solar developer in the world. Oh, so that's so the, the second largest developer of solar projects and the third largest manufacturer of PV modules. That's correct. Those yeah. are two kind of big high up numbers i mean right yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so i mean it's kind of the, the the over the overarching idea is to really kind of diversify the revenues of the business if you know it's very risk manufacturing a solar module is a very high competition very high volume very low margin business right and it's risky right and so if you can if you can increase the ways that you can make money and, and do project development and, and offer yeah. you know different products besides just a solar module you can make yourself a more stable entity um, and that's that's what we're doing today. And so on the on the manufacturing side, we're very vertically integrated, um, going down from producing ingots to to wafers to cells, and of course modules. Um, we're offering three-phase string inverters um, here and actually all around the world. But actually, come as of 2017, we were a top 10 supplier of string inverters to the U.S. market. Jeez, uh, you guys for, don't stop for Green Tech Media. Um, but also doing turnkey services and both DG and utility scale development. We're offering MV, um, medium voltage transformer stations with central inverters uh, into our own and, and other folks' projects, uh, energy storage. Uh, we have some off-grid products, um, doing asset management, O&M services, uh, and the whole slew of so are these, system so components. Wow, that's, that's, that's a lot bigger than I realized. So yeah. you've got, um, is it all under one umbrella, one company, and there are there different subsidiaries? I mean, how does it structure it? So sure. I work for Canadian Solar USA Inc. It's a U.S.-based entity. Um, we're headquartered in Walnut Creek, California. Um, and we've got you know, maybe 70 folks working in that office alongside mm-hmm. the development um, side of our business, which is uh, recurrent energy that we acquired a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And then um, let me ask you this. So if you're, uh, you mentioned the, uh, the development space is a big part of what you do, right? And that's kind of a surprise. I didn't, I knew, I saw it, you know, I would see it in kind of news articles and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have an interest in Brazil, I have some family in Brazil. Okay. And so, uh, you know, the, the overall amount of solar that's deployed there has recently kind of ramped up. And there's been some movements down there from uh, Canadian Solar specifically. Is there yeah. anything you could tell me that, I, that I'm not reading in the article? Yeah, so I think Canadian Solar has the best track record of moving into a new country and setting up manufacturing. We're currently producing product in six countries around the world. Um, Brazil included. It's um, tough to import product to Brazil, right? So that's my understanding. Yeah, yeah. and and to be clear, I'm not I'm not involved on the project development side of our business. Yeah. Not to say I don't pay attention to it, but yeah, we do produce product in Brazil. Most of that product does go into projects within Brazil. Right, and then it's under different names, probably, or is it under Canadian Solar? No, names? it's it's Canadian Solar. It yeah, we're building oh, okay. we're building solar panels down there and oh, uh, selling them into both our projects and other other developers' projects. Wow, very cool, very cool. Okay, so what's going on? So that gives us a sense of the business. That we could probably uh, talk about for a whole show, yeah. but uh, another show. But I mean, let's. Uh, I, I want to know something about what's going on with the most recent modules. We sure. are kind of solar geeks. We do like to talk about the technology. I mean, what I, I noticed you got these four kind of interestingly named modules that are front and center on your website. Uh, mm-hmm. to, I, just correct me if I'm wrong. Biku, the Hiku, the Ku, and the Hidma. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> I say them right. <laughs> hi- haiku. Haiku. As in the poem. Hi- oh, hi- gotcha. Okay. Hi- not, not, not spelled that way, but Haiku. <laughs> Hi, uh, by Haiku. Okay. And then the High DM. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And so those, so those are some of the newest technologies that we brought to market. So which, what are each of those? What? So the Haiku is a 400 watt poly module. Um, we call it the enhanced wafer, and essentially how uh, we, we've, we've gotten to building a, a larger um, wafer to, to uh. be able to pr- produce a 400 watt polycrystalline module. Build it in poly, keeps the cost a little bit lower. So it's a larger wafer, so you're cutting down some of the back sheet? 
real um, estate? The, the physical dimensions of the module are slightly taller. Mm -hmm. um, and the key application for a product like this would be, like for example, like a single axis tracker where mm -hmm. an additional cup, uh, inch or two on the height of the module doesn't necessarily impact the overall economics of the project. And that, which one is that? That's the, that's the Haiku. The Haiku. Okay, so that's, that's kind of more utility scale stuff, right? Yeah, or yeah, or, or you know, a larger ground mount. You know, right. we see a lot of these well, one, one non-residential. So it's Correct. like for yeah, like someone that's thinking about their home, right? It's kind of more commercial oriented. What are some of the other uh, technologies? The other one would be uh, like the the Baiku. So the Baiku is a bi one of our is our bifacial module, and this is probably this is one that we're seeing probably the most interest in right now. Um, we're you know in mass production of bifacial modules, both in polyperk and, and monoperk. Um, probably going to settle in on that for a second. I want to <laughs> yeah. see this one. <laughs> Jay, do you have your uh, Canadian Solar website up? And so we produce this product. I do, in and I also have uh, <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, we produce this product in a, in a framed version, which most most people seem interested in because it's a lot easier to mount than a frameless. But we also offer it, offer it in frameless. Um, so same front side production, but then there's also obviously a, a backside gain associated with the bifacial. So I'm looking product. at I'm looking at the. Did you say the bi? This is the bi-ku, yes, bi bifacial. Bi-ku, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Front side output of 365 watt poly and 380 watt mono bifaciality up to 75 percent, up to 30 percent more power generation. So bifaciality up to 75 percent. What does that mean? Can you explain that to our so, listeners? So that would be if you were to flash test the backside of the module, it would produce 75 percent the flash test of the front or the STC rating of the front. Whoa. So if it's okay. flash testing okay. at 360 watts on the front, it would flash test at 75 percent of that on the back. No kidding. Uh, and then in, from a real-world perspective, it's significantly lower than that, though, right? Yeah, So, and, and exactly. And, so, and I think that's probably what most people are struggling to, to, uh, to get their heads wrapped around right now is how do I model and how do I monetize that backside production? Right. Because there really isn't that much product out in the field that you can pull data from. Mm. Um, I would say most IPPs or financiers are kind of comfortable with a... And this is me talking, not not the company right, right now. Sure. But are, are probably kind of <laughs> just from my observations are comfortable with like a, maybe an eight percent gain, assuming there is some sort of optimization for bifaciality right. in the construction of the project. Right. Um, but there's plenty of white papers out there, and I've actually seen some projects that are modeling or, or producing ten or twelve to to fifteen percent right. backside yeah. gain from their yeah. project. But it really there's so many factors that go into determining how much production you're going to get off that backside. Number one, most important being the albedo or the the reflectivity of of the ground cover. What was the you, term you use? Uh, the albedo. Albedo. That means yeah. the reflectivity of the ground. Right. So oh, a very cool. white surface is the best surface you can have. It's right. going to reflect all all that light back up and hit the back of the module. Um, besides albedo, I would say the other two most important considerations for optimizing bifaciality would be the distance between your rows. So the the, the more far apart you can space your rows, mm -hmm. the more opportunity there is for light to hit that ground. And reflect and refract back onto the backside of the module. Unlike the sides, so there's yeah. no shadow kind of Ex keeping the light from hitting exactly. The yeah, sides. if you have one huge array, it's going to be very dark in the center mm -hmm. of that array, and you're not going to get much production because it's so dark, right? Right. Um, and then the other the other consideration is the height of the um, the array off the ground. Mm. And I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, the last kind of white paper I read was somewhere around eight feet was ideal. Don't quote me on that. Do your own, do your own homework. But <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of these white papers as well, and you feel free to reach out to me if yeah, you yeah, want to talk that. about it. But but the, I would say those, besides the albedo, are probably some of the more important characteristics to, so to look height, at. So the height, the distance of the uh, rows, yeah, and this, then the, basing of the, rows. the uh, albedo. Yep. The albedo, right. Albedo. I'm using that word like crazy now. Albedo, yeah. So you'll see some <laughs> developers. Put, Josh has got a new word. <laughs> some developers will put down crushed aggregate rock uh, yeah. on their ground mounts to increase that reflectivity. Sure. Um, yeah. Some of them will put down, like if you've ever been to Monterey, California, you'll see white plastic out in the strawberry fields. They'll put something like that down really? to increase the reflectivity. And wow. Okay, well, let's. Um, we could obviously sit on uh, that by facials forever. You also have the HIDM. Yep. And can you give us a quick quick rundown on that one? Yeah, so HIDM is our uh, highest power density product. So okay. it's hovering in uh, about 20% module efficiency right now. Um, I call it the shingled module. So mm -hmm. um, the other, the previous products I discussed, we're using a half cut cell where we yep. cut that six inch by six inch cell in half. This product, we've actually cut that cell about five times. And so we take those little slivers of a cell and then shingle them, if you will, Five just like times. Yeah. So, so use you're, a, you're, you're use a laser. Your, yeah. You're using resistance to in order to uh, 
to increase the overall output? Is that what you're doing? So every time you cut this, if you if you cut the cell in half, you reduce the current flowing through that cell by half. Yeah. And so less current, less heat, less heat, cooler module, cooler module, more efficient, more efficient, more power. Whoa. So ultimately, you're getting more power. Could have bottle that. You just said that. We're gonna hang on to that yeah. one, mate. That so, was good. Yeah. So the Hydea <laughs> module, you know, we're right up to 20% efficiency on this product. We're getting 400 watts on the commercial version, 335 watts on the <laughs> residential version. Um, there's no bus bars uh, in this product as well, and I'd say most folks are interested in the all-black version because yep. it looks really, really, really good. Wonderful, wonderful. I want to a bunch of questions. I'm going to ask you about that afterwards too, but I do want to get to the last one here. Did we do the coup already? Yeah. So a lot of the, pre the ones I spoke about to previous were all coup modules, and mm -hmm. coup is kind of a play on words for cool. Oh, okay. Um, and that kind of speaks back to the cutting that cell in half and, and getting all the benefits associated with. That half, so you're half pretty cut much a, cell architecture. All of your, are, are all of your cells going to that half cutting right now? Is that what it's you're doing? It's the direction we're going, yeah. And I would not be surprised by the end of this year if we're not even producing a full cell product anymore. No kidding. Wow, the changes. Yeah, okay. there's a lot of other benefits that come along with the half cut cell architecture, uh, shade tolerance <clears throat> benefits, longevity benefits. Right, mm -hmm. that, that, right. That, that would make sense, that yeah. That really doesn't make sense to, to produce a full cut product Unbelievable. Anymore. we got a few minutes left, and I think we're going to probably won't head over to our uh, future focus unless Jay's dying to talk about the flying test. No, uh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> folks, I'll just tell you right now. There, uh, uh, Elon Musk uh, tweeted, of course, that uh, his uh, he's going to have a SpaceX package on his Roadster uh, that'll allow it to hug the road. I think to something like this with these cooled uh, jets. I'm I'm really just talking quickly here, but he said it could can, it could theoretically fly. So in case you wanted your uh, your Back to the Future flying DeLorean, you might get it with the Roadster. Uh, but so we'll just leave that to our future focus little uh, commentary right there. Let's do this. You got a couple minutes left. What what should what, what can we say to our, let's say, residential uh, consumers, listeners that are out there saying, okay, well, I'm going to put solar panels on my roof. Why should we choose Canadian solar, for example? And then what are some of the, your, what's your overall kind of message to them? Sure. So I think um, some of the, some of the, the two strongest selling points that make my job easier are um, the performance of our product. So specifically like the, the STC to PTC ratio, mm -hmm. uh, what the product will actually produce um, and the financial health of the company. There you go. Um, so, you know, we've been in business 18 years. We're a publicly traded company. I encourage everybody to, to do their homework and take a look at uh, our financial position online. Um, company's in great shape. The product speaks for itself. Um, we have the brand recognition. We have the presence and dedication to the U.S. market. We're not going anywhere. Um, there's not any reason really why you wouldn't want to choose Canadian Solar. <laughs> There you go. There you go. You have it. Now that STC to PTC ratio you talked about is uh, I always mess this up, but that's the what it's theoretically capable of doing versus what it, it'll do in real world testing exactly. conditions, right? Right. And mm -hmm. uh, so that you're saying that ratio for you is is really strong. Yeah. If you compare that our our ratio against maybe some of our competitors' products, you'll see mm -hmm. that you're actually going to get more electricity uh, out of our product in the long run. And that's at the end of the day, that's mm -hmm. what it's all about, right? All How much energy? Yeah. Yeah. Actually. How much energy you can pull out of, pull out of the panel, right? Uh, you might want to talk a little bit about warranties too. I'm looking at it right now for the Ku module products. It's 10 years uh, limited product warranty and 25 limited for performance. Can you explain a little bit about the performance? Side? Yeah. So really, the the teeth and the warranty are going to be on on the power on the power warranty, right? Um, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so at any point under under the course of this 25 year or 30 year warranty on all the bifacials. If it produces any less than we say it's going to produce within that 25, 30 year period, it immediately falls under warranty. End of story. And then nice. it's then it's uh, taken care of and replaced, and that's you got it. it's all articulated very clearly in your warranty material. Absolutely. I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Well, that's a really key piece of this puzzle because a lot of people are owning these products and they need to be able to be maintained over a long period of time to get the value out of them, right? So, uh, can't thank you enough, Mr. David Riesenberg, for uh, joining us here in the Solar Coaster, episode 89 from Canadian Solar, uh, one of the largest. Uh, not only producers of solar panels, but also developers of solar projects in the world, number three and number two, respectively. Thank you again for coming on board. Thank you for having so, me. <laughs> hey, folks, uh, this is The Solar Coaster. We're sponsored by uh, Maui Solar Project, Tabuchi, Electric America, Sonin, Pika Energy, Sundrum Solar, and Pantech Design. It's been a great show. Thanks so much for listening. All right. Stay tuned for episode 90 next week. <laughs> Aloha Friday, folks. <laughs>